We live at a time when the manner of sophistication in our quest and thirst keeps on going to greater heights. If those who died before us decades ago would wake up right now, they would find life so difficult to keep up with. Actually, there are some people, if they would wake up right now, would say, it's better if I never came back again to life. Because we are now running after diverse things. Things that to some are not a reality. Man is trying to conquer so much. But in the process of conquering, there is one area that has been dormant. There is one area whose quest has not been given complete loyalty. And this is one area that is so important in man's life. As fish and water... So is man and God. Fish cannot live away from water. Praise the Lord. Fish cannot live outside water and it knows. But man thinks he can live outside God. Man is actually comfortable living outside God. Praise the living God. How would life be if in our everyday quest, God was the main castle? the main thing how would life be that other things became secondary that we could actually do without these things that we are constantly running after and when death knocks on our doors we have to leave them praise the living god hallelujah how would life be that there's a day each person would spend to assess their relationship with god to assess their level of growth spiritual growth in god that your insufficiency level before god would worry you there are some of us each morning when we wake up the main agenda that we have is to make more than we did yesterday invest more than we did yesterday grow more than we did yesterday you see this kind of quest this kind of drive this kind of power to do more god did not only give us to profit ourselves Hallelujah. God did not only give us this power to amass wealth, but he also gave us this quest. He also gave us this kind of desire so that we would also desire him. Praise the living God. Today in the sermon desire for God, we are going to see how man is deviating, how we have lost it. We are going to see how we are able to regain back this kind of thirst. And therefore, I would urge you to keep on. Let this be a message. Let this be a sermon that you listen to, that you watch. And in the end, you purpose to make a difference. You purpose to make a choice. Welcome. This is your host, Reverend Brian Odhiambo, lead pastor, Ezansge Tabernacle. We are going to feast at the table of the Lord. Indeed, at God's table, there is good, there is life, there is increase, there is abundance. In the book of John chapter 4 verse 13 and 14, the Bible says, Jesus answered her and said, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Look at the last portion of that scripture. Verse 14, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him, shall be in him after the giving, a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Now back a little bit towards the introduction of this sermon, desire for God. What would you say is the driving force behind your kind of relationship with God? Okay. 
Is it transactional? The kind that you come, communicate your needs, and leave. So it's a case by case. Or is it relational? And if relational, is it parasitic or symbiotic? Which angle is God gaining from in this case? These are important questions that any serious believer must ask themselves in order to assess their relationship with God, where they are. Have you ever asked yourself what you mean to God? Or rather, what God means to you? Because if asked, everyone will say, God means everything to me. God is my whole world. But our actions and lifestyle always prove the opposite. When was the last time you took a scorecard and looked at your relationship with God? Just to say, that is why asking ourselves these kind of questions is important. Praise the living God. We should ask ourselves what we mean to God is a better way to start us off this day in this sermon because it's already out there. Only that we have not digested what we really are. And thus we are comfortable with the coming and going kind of relationship we are currently having with God. Coming and going. We are comfortable. God has constantly relayed what we mean to him through his word. And if we gather more interest, our desire for God will be more powerful and pressuring than our desire for the temples that we run after each and every morning. God made man in his image and likeness for his own pleasure, for his own glory, a purposeful life that he has set. This kind of pleasure is the reason why we exist. Nevertheless, looking closely at how we live, it is not close to what God anticipated while creating us. Hallelujah. Because today man is busy running up and down seeking ways to amplify and better means to make life appealing to him. This means to enjoy life because life is short. Man is looking for ways to enjoy life because life is short. That's the term people have grafted YOLO. You only live once. Man is looking for means to make life happiest. Means to look more sophisticated. Hallelujah means to become more independent and powerful. Yet these are things God has done in man. Man, you are powerful and sophisticated by default. Man is still looking for means to become an idol and to be superior over fellow humans. Man is even looking for ways to be a god to his fellow humans, to be their god. Man is still looking for means to alienate himself from responsibilities that tie him with dependence to God. Means that make him be dependable to God. Everyone is busy trying to work out a way of independence. We cannot be independent from God. We have to depend on God. Fish cannot live outside water. Man cannot live outside God. It doesn't matter where you are as you listen to this. You know, man has refined the art of rebellion through beauty, through innovation, through geniusness, through pleasure, through entertainment, through enlightenment, through sophistication, and through power. By creating avenues to pleasure self, thus desiring things attached to glorifying self than God. Moreover, this is why man's desire for God keeps taking a diminishing trajectory. Notably, almost each decade keeps coming with the trends that keep pushing man away from his source, God. Your path to what God wants you to do is different. And listen here, it is not about being great. It is not about being powerful. It is not about being moneyed. That is not the real thing. 
The ideal thing here and the only thing here is to live the life God wants you to live, the one he made you for. And God has coined a kind of life for each person. But look at life today. Man is busy inventing ways to say to stay afloat and to appear more powerful outside God's cover. His very own source, his life. With these kinds of trends, we can be rest assured that the desire for God will keep growing colder. Man may want to return to God, but remember this. The opposing power and voices keeps growing stronger in him. Because of the kinds of investments and authority man keeps giving his very own flesh. You may be a teenager, you may be a youth, you may be a young adult, you may be an elderly person. This is what God is saying to you. Now, is desire for God intrinsic or is it cultivated? Is it something we adopt or is it something that comes effortlessly? Hallelujah. This is a question one can ask themselves. One power God gave man is the ability to make choices. And this includes working out desire and thirst for God. This means we have to choose to desire God. This is why so many of us are into God out of tradition. Not out of revelation. Not out of personal effort. It is either one was born into a family of people drawn to God. Or it's a tradition to be a Christian. Praise the living God. Like in Kenya, for example, the country is a Christian country. This means the highest majority are Christians, including the first families that Kenya has had since independence. However, does this mean this includes personal relationship with God and desire for God? Certainly not. That one is called Michael, Joseph, Jeremiah, Samuel, Isaiah, Daniel, David, or even Gabriel, is not a guarantee of closeness with God. This is not a direct certification of being godly. And this explains why desire for God is cultivated. One has to go. One has to seek. Hence, it is a choice one has to soundly make. Praise God. You have to cultivate it. You have to work towards it. One thing the enemy is good at is drawing us farther away from God in order to destroy our relationship with God. He knows the danger we are in when we are alienated from God. Since alienation from our source, God, makes us vulnerable and easy targets for him. Don't alienate yourself from God. This is a day we must cultivate the desire to love God, the desire for God. Going back to the scripture we read earlier, before Jesus telling the Samaritan woman that everyone who drinks of his kind of water will not thirst again, and that everyone that drinks the kind of water that Jesus had asked her must always thirst, he told her this, that if she knew who he was, she would have asked him of the living water, and he would have given her Many of us do not know God, either out of ignorance, out of spite for God, out of arguments we keep on having over God and his word, out of enlightenment, enlightenment. because you are learned, because you've read materials, because you think you now know so much, or out of blindness. And this keeps costing us over and over again. 
it keeps denying us the opportunity to know God. And just like the Samaritan woman, many of us have no idea of who God is besides what we heard people say he is. Child of God, have you ever had a personal relationship with God where you can now say this is my God? We have not made efforts to know him, learn about him, want more of him and know his ways because there is no desire in us. We have not cultivated the desire for God. Now, after the Samaritan woman in verse 29 goes back to her city, calling out all to hear, to come and see a man that she has met, which has told her all, all things that pertains to her life. Then these people, because of the Samaritan woman who was compelling them, went out their way to meet Jesus. This is only after the Samaritan woman had gone back to the city. She's going back to the city because she has now known God. And now she's going back to the city with a compelling message to tell her people, come and see a man that I have met that has told me things concerning my life. Had this woman not spent time with Jesus, as seen from verse 7 to 27, she wouldn't have known Jesus. Thus the desire for God could not have been born in her. Enough to go out to her people and call them to come and see. To come to Jesus. Most of us have no desire for God because we have no things that drive us towards a personal relationship with God. We are accustomed to the glitch kind of relationship whereby we only want from God but we don't want to give. We are parasites and it is why we are contented with the prayers from our mothers or our fathers, child of God. This is why many people say the prayer of my mother, the prayer of my father. You find somebody living a life that is ungodly, but one thing that they peg their life on is their mother's prayer. Not that the prayer of a mother or a father is bad, but what is your personal relationship with God? Do you have a personal relationship with God? We must understand that God wants to relate with us personally. Not just to give us things, not just do us miracles, not just bless us as many would want today. On the other hand, that our mothers, as traditionally known to be prayerful, have made us see the power of God through their prayer. You are there and you know that it is the prayer of your mother that has gotten you where you are. That should be a catalyst to make you desire God this morning as you listen to this voice. You have a reason to believe more in God even more. You already have a reason to trust God. Now all you have to do is to desire and cultivate a closure. Praise God. Now, quest fuels seekership. It forces you to get up and go after whatsoever you want. In this case, desire for God. As we see up there, in the scripture, had the woman at the well besides Jesus gotten contented with Jesus telling her things about her, she would have not gone deeper with the conversation that ended in calling more people from her city. This woman went to a city to call on her people, regardless of her history with men. She didn't care. Why? She had met a higher power, a higher authority than her situation. She went to the city 
called more people. This ended up in Jesus spending two more days and many believing in God. In the end, the people that the woman had evangelized to in verse 42 of the book of John chapter 4 said, Now we believe not only because of your sayings, they are telling this to the woman, but because we have heard of him ourselves. And we know that he is Christ, the savior of the world. Look at that. Had the woman not gone deeper in desiring God, this would have happened. Child of God, there is more to God than just praying for the needs. There is more to God. We must not be contented with this kind of shallowness. Let us make it our desire to cultivate and nurture a desire for God, a desire for fellowship. Because fellowship is more significant than signs and miracles. Praise the living God. God calls us his friends. Relationship and friendship is a foundation of good things. That God created us a little lower than the angels should ring a bell in you, in us, in me and spiritually alight in us a special quest for God. Praise the Lord. In the book of John chapter 6 verse 27, the Bible says, Do not work for food, for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him, the Father God, has set his seal. Do not only work for food that perishes, You're probably listening to this when you are after food that perishes. There is nothing we are doing in this mortal life that does not perish. Death is a showstopper. The moment one drops dead, that is the end of everything. The investments that we make, the moment we drop dead, the relationship between us, the, a personal relationship between us and the things we are working tirelessly for ends there. We now leave them to the other generations. We have to pass the button. But if we never worked hard for desire for God, a relationship with God, there is a problem. Because yes, you may be living hard or parting hard because life is short. But you forget that the fact that life is short, you should live preparing for eternity. Yes, life on earth is short, but why not live that short life preparing for eternity? Because eternity is long. Eternity is endless. The one that God lives in. We can all argue, we can argue it all out that I'm not sure whether heaven or hell exists. You know, you don't need to be convinced that there is heaven and hell. You know it. In your heart, you know it. There are things that God intrinsically created in us. Good and evil. We know it. You know that there's a higher being, a superior being than you. You know it. Why do people go to the witches? They know that there's a higher power that can bend their physical situations. But man's restlessness can only be quieted by cultivating his quest for God only. It is what Jesus told the Samaritan woman. It is what we see in the book of John chapter 6 verse 27. That we must not only work for food that perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life. Desire for God now has another angle. Eternity, eternal life. Praise God.
Jesus is telling the Samaritan woman that whosoever drinketh of the water that he gives shall never thirst. But the water that he is giving shall be in her or in me or in you a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Again, everlasting life, eternal life. There is no greater satisfaction than that of having a positive trajectory towards the desire for God. It is important to build on this kind of thirst because it is only Jesus that has the power to heal our wounds. It is only Jesus that has the power to satisfy our souls. It is only Jesus that has the power to forgive our sins. It is only Jesus that has the power to deliver us from the cause of the afflictions of the fetuses of the devil. It is only Jesus that has the power to heal our diseases and to crown it up and to ice it up. It is only Jesus that has the power to give us eternal life. Nothing we labor for can give us eternal life. Nothing we labor for can satisfy our souls. That is why in as much as we may want to amass wealth, it will never satisfy our souls. For the years that you've been working, money has never been contenting. Because each time you work, the more you get, the more resourceful you become. The more needs you keep on having. The more worries. The more the pressures. The more the needs. The more you're depended on. It can never get easy. Life is not only built around work for personal gain, but also work for God. Desire. We must cultivate a desire for God. On this day, make it your goal to desire God. Choose to build pressure in yourself towards a quest for God. Make plans. Chart a different course towards this newly found love. Tell yourself it is not only enough being prayed for by my parents. My mother's prayer is not enough. My grandfather, grandmother, my father's prayer is not enough. My brother's prayer is not enough. My pastor's prayer is not enough. I also want to have a closer and personal walk with God. I want to feast at God's table. I want to walk with God. I want to seek God. I want to know God. I also want my soul to thirst for God. As David is saying that, my soul thirsted. My soul longeth after thee. You alone are my heart's desire. You are also telling yourself this day, I want to thirst for his presence. The desire to appear before him and make God my heart's desire above other things. It doesn't matter your age. There is no hell for children. Besides the one that is meant for the elderly. Hell belongs to all that will go to hell. If one misses heaven, they go to hell. There is no juvenile sin. Sin is sin. This word you are listening today is not meant for others and segregated against others. It is for any living soul that has ears. Child of God, today when you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Don't harden your heart. Be like the woman besides the well with Jesus. Don't forget what Jesus told the Samaritan woman. Whosoever drinketh of this water shall never thirst again. Meaning, the successes we seek and the desires we fuel each day will never satisfy us. However much we amass, we will always have a void in us. 
we will always have the pressure to pursue a pressure for promotion a pressure to invest more and pressure to pile more wealth and we will always pressure ourselves to pursue the thirst towards self but today remember this pile this pressure in you to desire god let us pray dear heavenly father we come before you this day in humility and faith we thank you for your timely transformational word that has come to us today we pray that today may we be renewed and drawn to you than before help our unbelief and help us in cultivating desire for you i pray that through this broadcast may many lives be transformed and returned back to you Today dear Jesus I speak healing in every broken heart let the pains and the uncertainties in the lives and hearts of those getting this broadcast be lifted off because you are God and nothing can stand before you nothing that we place before you is a mountainous enough to be lifted off I thank you because of the lives that this broadcast shall change for the praise and glory of your name Jesus we exalt you and adore you above everything help our unbelief towards the desire for god amen shalom 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 may the god of peace keep you amen